there was this fucking article that I was looking at. And it it gave a pretty good representation, I think, of what we were talking about. And let me see if I can pull it up really quick. It was over here. And it was talking it was talking about the skilled trade shortages in America. And this is from a mm, fairly reputable web website from like uh, was it Angie? You know they have that oh, Angie's okay. list yeah, shit. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it gave a pretty good introduction and executive summary. Right. And one of the things that it was talking about is right now with what happened with the fucking COVID and everybody going bananas is that we have this great resignation of people flip-flopping jobs, getting out of jobs, mm. not working, some people working. And one of the biggest hit industries of this great resignation is the trades. And there's yeah. been such a fucking massive shortage. <coughs> I mean, even Excuse even me. where I work, and I know where you're working, you're, you're experiencing a, that shortage in the trades. And it's it's one of those things that both me and you have some experience in. Cause how long yeah. did you how long did you run that metal shop down in Louisiana? Uh, like seven ish years. Granted, I I didn't really run it, but yeah, I mean managing managing my department uh, probably mm-hmm. for five. But I was in that I was wor- with that company for seven, so I saw you know the peaks and the valleys of slow yeah. times and uh, I think and I think that's a good way to compare it to is like slow times and and when you're fucking balls to the walls, you know, um, mm-hmm. seven day weeks and, and, and all that. And when we were slow, people were still employed though. Like when yeah. there was, when there was no work, like even when the companies were like struggling hardcore to find, you know, to find work, uh, in the winter time, especially shit slows down. Um, we are still employed. People were still like, Oh, we're, we're still going to be here because you're still paying us. And we like getting paid, you know, and, you know, industry I was in, you know, you're talking 30, 35 bucks an hour. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think the difference now is like people realize that they could get, you know, a dollar, two dollars more. So they quit and go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, that's where the, that great resignation that where they yeah. were talking about and yeah. this great shift. But yeah. the other thing I was reading, because you were, you were welding down there and the, the median age of a welder right now is 55. <laughs> I talked to the guy that taught me how to weld today, actually, which is funny. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, great dude. Uh, but he's he's uh, I, I want to say he's not that old. He's like forty eight or something like that. But yeah, yeah, those guys that have been doing it for that long, that's that's what they know and that's what they're good at. Um, and they're not going anywhere. Those those roughnecks, those dudes are just like they're a different type of breed of of men you know and women too you know they got oh, some yeah. badass women out what, there too how how good a, like what kind of a mentor was he because one of the biggest problems that i have or not a problem okay it's it's there's like i run into certain types of older dudes oh, who yeah. are who who should be in this mentor leadership role like when you roll into something, you have no clue what's going on. When I when I learned how to weld, I had no idea, and I was a fucking idiot. Yeah. And one of one of the greatest compliments you ever gave me as like a senior welder, you're like, "My God, I'm glad you went to welding school because now we can actually talk." Because before you sounded like a fucktard. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But 
those 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 guys that are there to mentor and lead you like i've had a problem with some of their like attitudes and leadership yeah throughout the whole thing like oh you fucking young guys don't know anything you guys don't want to work you're millennials you're pieces of shit just this right. over generalization of of that and i don't think it really turned me off but what it what it kind of got my brain thinking is like, okay, this is a really bad cycle because I hear that from many generations about the previous. Yeah. And so who's, who's going to step up and change that idea or that narrative? Right. Well, it's weird because that that, the way you just put that, that's pretty good because you know, who's going to change that? It's gotta be us. It's gotta be our generation. Um, and you know, cause we're about the same age roughly. And, and I think if, if we are the ones that are like seeing this happen mm-hmm. in our generation, because I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm a trade guy and, and have been, we, we all are, yeah. you know, military occupational specialty, right? Mm-hmm. MOS yep. civilian mm-hmm. occupational specialty, right? You yep. know, you're, you're, you went from one job in the military to one job in the civilian world. And I think it's important to understand that that is now your specialty. And that's where that pride comes from with, with the mentor stuff, I kind of had two, two guys. Um, mm-hmm. One came a little bit later than the other. Um, not saying either of them were better, um, because they'll fist fight over that. Um, but you had, I, I never really came into the the mentors that were like, "You're just a dumb idiot," you know. You're because I was only like 24 maybe when I got mm-hmm. into it. Um, so f- stupid fucking young and, and they're, they were never like, you're too young. You're this, you're that. I just showed up and I was like, Hey, look, this is what I want to do. I want to learn. So whatever grunt work I need to do to get on kind of your good side so I can buy a hood and watch you and learn something, I'd appreciate it. And they're like, all right, well, I got to go back to work. So stop fucking talking. Like. <laughs> let's make it happen. If we're going to make it happen, let's do it. And, yeah. you know, I think I, they're, they're very arrogant. They're very prideful, but it's not in a, it's not on a cocky way. It's like one of my buddies and I'll leave his name out of it. Cause he knows about the podcast, but, um, and he's listened a few times and it's funny, but he'll say, uh, he used to have the master tattooed uh-huh. on his hel- on his Weldon hood. Ooh. And uh, I always ask him, like, what's the master? He's like, I'm the master welder. I'm the best welder on this planet. But he'd show, and it was just a joke, but he would show you anything you ever wanted to know and help you at any time of the day and was probably one of the hardest working dudes that I've ever met and mm-hmm. smoked <laughs> Marlboro Light 100s, you know, drank coffee like it was water. And he was a great mentor because... He didn't care about a generational thing. He was just mm-hmm. there to work. And I think as, a, you know, not necessarily as like a society, but it, as a culture, I think we just got to show up wanting to work because that's where a lot of the problem is, is not is not really wanting to work anymore. Yeah, there's this quote at the end of the article that finishes off. That it's an old adage that says that opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks a lot like work. Yeah. Yeah. And that couldn't be more more true. Um, but specifically, I think for dudes that are getting out of the military right now, it, like <laughs> just just kind of poking around on the on the small business 
website, the small business um, organizational website, is talking about like one one in what's that? It's like one in ten veterans when they get out, one in ten is going to own a small business. Yeah, and that and and veterans are forty five uh, percent more likely to be involved in the trades, and right. you know after. Because I, I went, you never went to a, like a like an official welding school. No, um, I, I just fell into it. Yeah, you fell into it, and then the the route that I took was a little bit different because I worked in a in a metal shop for a while, just kind of doing you know grunt work and and eventually learning how to glue two pieces of metal together. Like that's right. that's where I was at, and then I actually went to a formal school, um, and that was a nine month course, but. I didn't have to burn any of my GI bill to do it. You know, the GI bill will cover, you know, the regular tuition. However, if you have a, a any type of a disability rating through the VA, you can go through what's called a voc rehab program that doesn't eat into your GI bill. So you can save that for, you know, if you wanted to go to college again later. Right. But, af- but after I got done with that welding school, what... You know, if I was going to go ahead and and blow my own horn, they asked me to come back and teach. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. But the more that I thought about it, you know, a couple months down the road, it was like, you know, I don't know Dick about (laughs) this trade. Like, I I, I get it. And I did well in the school, but I have no practical application. I shouldn't be sitting here grading somebody who's a who, you know, is obviously way better than me. Or someone that has... uh, experience in the field yeah. in different situations versus just what they present in a school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, why am I holding this job? You know, th- yeah. somebody that's that's on, I am that far down on the totem pole. There should be somebody else that's far more skilled and far more able to do this than me. There's a lot. And so the problem, <clears throat> like one of the questions I had, is it a matter of compensation or a lack of connectivity with younger generations. And I, you know, I never really got a clear answer from that. And I don't know, it's just something yeah, to bug well, me. Well, no, but the, I think, I, I I think it's about how well you're you're able to deal with people or how well, how well you're able to communicate. And when certain people see that, they're like, okay, hold on, this guy can communicate with, with older guys, with younger guys, girls. And also they work hard. So I think it's one of those like putting all things together when you meet someone and you're like, hold on, you're actually kind of good. You could teach because you have the ability to talk and you have a good understanding of what you need to do to do to do the job the right way. And I think that's where a lot of the times the military comes into play. And I've met some of the best welders and we're just using welder welding as a as an example. Um but I've met yeah. some of the best welders that never were in the military, you know. Yeah. Um, but understanding and and I I knew we were going to be talking about this a little bit, so and I'm just going to stay on the welding thing, um, yeah, just for a split second. But well, well, just to just hold on, just to be clear, you can go ahead, you know, according to some of the labor statistics that I've looked at, these numbers are going to be relatively the same. They're not going to be a drastic difference between carpentry, welding, truck drivers. They all yeah. have the same fucking problem. Yeah, no, they they absolutely do. Um, and most people in that industry, you know, it's like one dollar. Bye. See you later. 
Yeah. You know, you got a dollar down the road, I'm I'm gone. Unless you give mm-hmm. me, you know, more, I'm gone. So, um, yeah, and same thing with infrastructure, building contractors and all that. It, people jump contracting trains all day long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I th- I think what I think what what really caught my eye in the trade industry was that it doesn't you can go to school, you can go to college, right? You don't have to just, you know, you ha- you can't think about a trade as you're a blue collar guy in in overalls and you make $40,000 a year. You can't think about it like that because that's not what it is. But that's the kind of millennial type thinking that we think about. You think of a plumber, you know, working his butt off all day long. So when I when I got into the trade industry, I was like, well, why do I want to be here? And when I mm-hmm. met a few of my, you know, soon to be mentors, they explained to me why it was so important to understand each step to accomplish the task. And when someone brought in a seriousness to it um, about understanding the reason behind each step, it piqued my interest because in the military, every step is is there for a reason, right? To mm-hmm. go do this, you have to do steps A, B, and C because it's a, it's a life and death situation. So I took it that way. And they say, okay, well, when you're doing this, if you don't understand why you're doing steps two, you will never be a good welder. If you don't understand step step three, you'll never pass x-ray. And I'm like, boom, let me write this down because this is important information that no one's ever given me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was, I think that's a big thing with, with vets is there's mission, task, understanding, and then executing, um, so it's really all on you. And I think that's what, you know, what you were talking about, the welding school. It's all on you. You can't fake that. No, no. You, know, you, the, you, you can't the not results. know the material, you know. Yeah, the the results, the cool the cool thing about the trades, and I'm I, again, I'm not knocking anybody else and what they're doing and what they do for work. Of course not. I, the, th- the thing that I love about it, and I think that, that jives with a lot of veterans is the fact that when you build something, it's right there in front of your face. You can see it. It's tangible. And if it's a big enough project, it might be something you drive by every day or see pictures of and say, I put down some sweat and tears and blood to make this. And this is still here today. I'm still using it today. Somebody else is like, you can see it. Whereas someone's living in that or, you know, yeah, absolutely. And I get, and this is kind of how I realized I was in the right I was in the right spot professionally was when I did go to college and I did throw down some serious work on, you know, whatever presentation, whatever paper and I sat there and banged away on a keyboard and held that discipline and just, you know, you know, and I saw good results, but it didn't give me the same satisfaction. I still did it, but it was not it wasn't it wasn't like after i finish a project of work and say holy shit that's cool right right it was you know it's something to be proud of but that's just how i guess my personality is wired well it can, th- it can be that but, it, <clears throat> but you're you're also you're creating something but you can move light years from that create a business that's your own 
yeah. right and have the same passion when you're doing it. it doesn't have to be an an hourly an hourly wage that's 20 bucks and you're struggling you can take that same passion and i you know and and you see it all the time look at the boss of your company right yeah. just a dude that likes building shit building shit and then yeah. you know start his own company and and yeah i i think that it's important to understand that it's not a bad thing to have a trade Oh yeah, it the way that I looked at it, it, you know, and it isn't some some something I thought of right from the very beginning, but as I went, it was like you know what this is. Some people would call a blue collar job a fallback plan, right. you know, something something. Oh, if I get laid off, I'll just go do this. And in my mind, it was like no, no, no. This is this is a highly successful career path that I chose in welding, but I know that I can go to Indonesia. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, right. there's a job opening for certified no matter where i go i will have yeah. a job that has a that has a decent starting salary to where i can start to make my next move yeah. it doesn't have to be the end-all be-all a lot of people or not a lot of i can't i guess i can't speak for all people but there seems to be this stigma attached to it that you are now once you're in the trades that that's just what you do <clears throat> Yeah, and that there's there's no room to expand or move laterally in that field unless you're just going to go be a welder right. over in the next county. Right. But what what I think is very important is to have a very well rounded. And so when you're talking about communication um, from from the from a, you know the welders that are that are communicating with you, um people that do go on to go into some sort of higher education in college and, and learn how to communicate with all different types of people. I think yeah. that that's really important to bring into the trades as well. Yeah. And it's, it's like people, people say, well, do you go to college or do you get a trade? Mm-hmm. That is a, that is a 20 year ago phrase that should be fucking deleted. Because Hell yeah! That, Absolutely. Know, that that is is like this crippling thing that you have to make this fucking decision when you when you either a graduate high school and it's like co- college or do I go work in the same job that my dad did? Right. <laughs> That's what everybody does. Or do you go into the military? Or do you go to jail? You know, it's like it's in every town too, dude. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, like I was thinking about that, I was like, well, that's bullshit. Why do why does it have to be a bad thing? Why do why, why do I have to choose one or the other? And yeah. and as dumb as I am, I'm like, well, I just have to choose one because, oh, oh, you know, only one, you know. And and then when I got out of the welding industry, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to school, right? Because I I want to mm-hmm. I want to work on Harley's, right? <laughs> Pay is not the greatest, right? But but you can make some pretty decent money, and especially if you get good at your job, you can make really good money. Um, and when I, when I went to, when I quit my job, I was like, all right, this is going to suck. Cause I'm going to go to school. It's, an, it's a trade school, but I'm going to school. I haven't been in school since 2005, 2006. So this is going to be a tough transition. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the school at, at Harley Davidson, I go through this school, I complete the school and I get a job, right? After I got the job, I was like, well, hold on. What? why did I stop going to school? Because I got a very, very good base understanding of what I needed to do, All right? I got my first stripe, right? Mm-hmm. My PSC yep. stripe because I went to school, yep. right? And now I start a job at the, at the low end, 
But I'm like, well, hold on. Why can't I keep going back to school so that when a, a management position opens up, I've got the academics to take a management position. I've got the 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 understanding of of higher end math and communication, mm-hmm. accounting. I've got I've got all these basic college courses so that when an accounting, I mean, when a, when a position opens up in a trade, mm-hmm. now you are the best qualified person because you have the education and you have a background doing the actual work. And then you go from 60, 70, 80,000 a years to 100 plus, 150 plus, because you went to college and a trade school. And I think that's important for a lot of people to kind of get past that that caveman mentality of either college or trade and you know i don't know what do you think <laughs> no i i i completely agree 100 percent because there's nothing as is the people in in our worlds know there's nothing nothing worse than somebody who's making the blueprints that yeah. has never built a fucking thing in their life right right and and again not knocking that's our fault for not moving up into those positions to distribute our influence and our knowledge, you know, amongst the bottom. Right. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why do we just sit here why is, and we're like, okay, we're always going, those fucking engineers, they designed this <laughs> yeah. stupid shit again. And we're just sitting here crossing our arms. Give me another cigarette. Let's, you know, <laughs> and if you Absolutely. had to sit there and design something and I could be completely wrong. So if there's any engineers out there, like my brother or whatever, they could probably debunk this really quickly. Like he built a filter for his uh, senior project and it had to filter mm-hmm. X amount of microns, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When you're doing something like that, I'm sure you can't build 40 of them and oh, yeah. see which one works better. You'd go broke and you'd have, it would take too long. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the AutoCAD and 3D, 3D imaging, uh, not imaging, 3D, uh, 3D drawing stuff. You're you're only going to get the best pro the the best item if you have mm-hmm. the smartest engineers on there. But all those yep. engineers that that are really producing good quality products have years and years of experience and have also been you know, mentored by the by the laborers. And they've mm-hmm. sat there and watched a thousand times how something works, and they know in their head why it can be like this mm-hmm. and why it cannot. Um, but yeah, you know, I, and that's why I, I'm a big, uh, a big supporter of of school, college, and trade. Uh, it's very yeah. difficult to do both, uh, especially you know I'm I'm a you know not single. I am a uh, I have no kids. You know. <laughs> um, and that that probably takes a lot out of out of anyone to um, to be able to go to college and and have a trade you know, for a, a full time employment. But I mean, I can I can attest to that um, being a, 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 a being a single parent and having done both. And it is. Well, it, 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 yeah, you talk about this because when you're done, I want to talk about something else. And it has a little bit to do with uh, fitness and um working in the in the the trade industry and and staying healthy while you're doing it so remind yeah, me sure. about that when you're done yeah sure 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 now I, I when you so like where i live right now it, it, i didn't base where i live around a job i based where i live right now around a relationship now because when i did go to 
to this welding school, the, the cool thing about a welding school is that it's like a pipeline for jobs. They will have people that will come in and, 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 you know, they'll help you with a resume. They'll help you with the, just all the paperwork and you go in and you, you have a job. You'll have a great, I had a great job coming out of welding school. Right. You know, I was making 27 bucks an hour in a union position. The problem was it yeah. was nowhere near my house. <laughs> <laughs> it was right. you know it was like two hours away from my house so you're basically just shooting yourself in the foot to work a 12-hour day not gonna right. happen um but if you have a kid and you don't have that freedom of movement to move to the job and move jobs around and to try and find that spot for you after you're done with a trade school it makes it really difficult and so if you you know are in the in the position of me as a single parent it's next to impossible. And you, and, and at that point you just have to cut your, lo- not cut your losses, but say, okay, I've got to find my own way. And you have to, you know, kind of take that responsibility on yourself. So, but going back to doing both, you know, I, it's, it's a, t- it's tough to switch gears between the two and then also raise, raise a child. Well, let me throw, let me throw this in there. And, okay. and I was, I was doing a little bit of research when, you know, and for everybody listening, we've, we've talked a lot about how we don't really plan these things. We'll come up with maybe like a subject, like, Hey, I want to talk about this and, and we'll maybe take some mental notes or read some shit, write some shit down, but it, but it's all just talking right now. And, and when you took, when you told me you wanted to talk about this, um, I looked up a few things and right here, right now in 2022, there are more job opportunities with flexible schedules than I've ever seen in my life. So everything yeah. that you were talking about, about having a, you know, being a single parent, having a kid, mm-hmm. having to drop the kid off at the bus and all the above now is the perfect opportunity to be able to work a trade and have a flexible schedule because people will eat it up right now. Companies are totally fine with giving you a job because you've got X, Y, and Z is a problem. And as long as you can keep your side of the deal and come in when you're supposed to come in, they're fine with paying you like a normal employee. And I think it's a crazy time to see that. Oh yeah, it, that and that's that shows a testament to the bosses that are out there and understanding that and being able to make that pivot. To, especially in the trades, because, it, you know, if, if the machines ain't running, you ain't making money. Yep. And if they've got a schedule that's running, you know, first, second, third shift, or if it's, you know, only a, a first and second shift opportunity, they, they got to have the people there. Yep. And unfortunately, this thing that, you know, our country has gone through over the past two years has created this either A, a laptop class, or B, the people that actually have to go to work to make right. money. Like, and I'm not saying go to work. Like right. they have to physically leave their house to go make money. Right. And to now have that flexibility, the kind of the negotiation is 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 shifted a little bit towards the people that are looking for a job. Yeah, well, yeah. And you and again you said the the uh the business owners pivoted in a in a in very uh, in a very classy way to mm-hmm. to compensate for that. And like you said, there you got a, B, and C shift, you know, or shift one, two, and three. Some companies are just saying, well, guess what? We just can't have shift three anymore. It's yeah. just shift one and two because that's the only <laughs> amount of people we got. And yep. that's what we're pivoting for 
uh, or how we're pivoting at my current place now. It's like, sorry, even if a thousand people walk in, we only got five guys right now. Yeah, we'll get you in when we can, but we will be, you know, we'll will be here tomorrow, and we, you know, come back or whatever. Um, so there's but different how, different shifts. But how, when you were talking about fitness in the trades, that that to me, you know, the trades guys that I knew growing up were not very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and the problem, and you know, I'll just state the obvious from you know, what, what I had said earlier of the, the median age of welders, it's pretty old. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that is, that is 10 years away from being able to, you know, retire, you know, social security. Yeah. yeah like you're five <laughs> at 65, you're 10 years away right. from that. Right. You know, if, if, if they had been with the company for 20 years, they might have a retirement that way, but either way they're, they're on the way out the door. Yeah. And so with that, that with those guys, that knowledge, that firsthand knowledge, just just disappears into the <laughs> into the it atmosphere. It and does. I don't. I, 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 the longer you keep those guys around, the better. And that, in you know, they've made their choices throughout their life. But now, us as the next generation, we can set an example that doesn't involve Marlboro lights and a twelve pack of beer every exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. And. Yeah, I was so. I was reminiscent on that on my way home. You know, I don't know any military guy that hasn't got a roadie on the way home. You know, mm -hmm. a quick a quick bush light. You know, on the way home. You know, <laughs> at, from work and there's there's been such such bad examples and from mentors and a lot of that comes from us. You know, yeah. just being okay with that happening. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. well, that's just what we do. We just fall into it like a bunch of fucking robots. We're like, oh yeah, well, that's what the that's what all the fifty five year olds are doing. I'm yeah. twenty five at the you know it, it, when it was happening. I'm like, cool. I'm just gonna adopt what you do because you're good at your job. I'm gonna be one of the guys. Yeah. And you know, that's it's just about adapting. I think, and it took us both a long time to get our shit together. And well, yeah, I say we have it together now, but <laughs> um, absolutely, it's but yeah, it's that change over time. But you can go ahead, like we can go ahead and make this. I don't know, kind of a an idea that 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 needs to shift and change. And yeah. and when you were you were in the 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 kind of the height of your boxing, what was that kind of schedule like? Working, oof, you know? oof. <laughs> I was still drinking too. So that didn't, I look back and at, at my life, um, not that it's that long or I've done that much. Cause I fucking haven't, I'm a pawn, you know, for sure. I, not very successful, but I'm trying, you know? And when I was, when I was in that industry in, in the oil and gas industry, uh, and I picked up boxing. I, I, I needed something. I was like, I'm, I'm kind of out of shape. I don't like just going to the gym and slinging weights anymore. I want to do something competitive. And I started boxing. And as a typical fashion, you know, you find something that you like, and then you completely drown yourself in it until you get the results that you want. And that's what I kind of did. And dude, it was like, all right, wake up at 5 a.m., be at work for 6 you know, so sometimes 4.30, 4.30 a.m. Um, 
get your shit together, be at work at six, work outside in the, you know, Louisiana, Louisiana humidity and heat for 10 hours a day. And then what's next? Um, and so when I was boxing, it was, it was go home, grab my bag or, or a pre-packed bag and head to the gym for five, six hours. Mm -hmm. And not, not that I, I was surrounded with like just phenomenal dudes. A lot of them were, were my age. Um, but I had, a, I had great mentors with that too, because it's like these guys were doing the same shit I was doing and they were also showing up. So, you know, when yeah. you, you know, when you're in the military and you see the old guy, you're like, damn, the old guys, you know, yeah. still knocking out 20 pull-ups. Like I better get on my game, you know, like if he yeah. can do it, I can do it type thing. So when I was doing that, there's young guys in there. So it keeps you competitive and it, and, uh, and old guys in there also. And, um, mm -hmm. so working out for four to six hours a day after work, uh, I always felt like I was a, a step behind a level below because everyone mm -hmm. was just that one second faster. Um, but it was an excuse that I used for like, Oh, I, I work 10 hours in the heat, you know? So, um, but this the schedule's tough but the outcome is the most important thing because i look at accomplishments that i or or goals that i set and, and accomplished i look back now and i'm like it was so fucking worth it oh yeah like um, when you when you look back on those times that are tough i think that's what you especially when you win or you get the results that you want you look mm -hmm. back on it and it's it's like okay that made me who i am now yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, but there's but nothing with, more rewarding. No, there's not. And and if you look at um and I think what I was getting at with the the fitness or the staying healthy when you when you have a trade, you can fall off the wagon super fucking quick uh in the trade industry. Yeah. Um and I have a lot of friends that are doing like I guess this it's like this new challenge. It's like a 75 day challenge. Uh, and I don't know anything about it o o other than what friends have told me. And it's like 75 days, you got to wake up and work out twice a day. You have to read for 20 minutes a day or whatever it is. And then and um, you can't eat any sugar. You have to be on a specific, you know, some sort of diet. Hmm. And there's these all, all these stipulations. And and you take a picture, I, I think you take a picture in the morning at your workout you take a picture in the evening and then it moves you to the next day. Is it in so, like an app? Yeah, I think it's an app that you hmm. can download on your phone. So I, I've got a bunch of people that I that I know that have done it. And it's a friend of mine did it and uh, he ended up not making it the whole 75 days. He uh -huh. just had too much going on. Right. And I asked mm -hmm. him, like, what do you what do you got going on? He's like, well, my wife's pregnant again. I got a two year old. My mm -hmm. job requires me to be at work at 4.30, right? And I've got, I'm working seven days a week, 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. How can I work out twice a day and still be a good father and a good husband and, you know, and all this stuff? And, and I'm like, bro, you're, under, you're not understanding the point of the challenge. The point of the challenge is to give you a foundation and a starting point to be able to write the own your own blueprint to your success story right mm -hmm. 
So this, so anyways, to to kind of sum it up, what I'm getting at with the fitness in the workplace is it's so difficult to work in the trade industry, whether it be construction, oil and gas, uh, plumbing, whatever, man or woman, it's so difficult to be in that industry if you're unhealthy. Yeah. And I talked to a lot of guys that are, I know that are still in that industry and they're still smoking, you know, and they're still eating Wendy's for lunch because it's just fucking quick. You know, mm-hmm. you got 20 minutes, you got to go run up, grab something and be done. The guys are, these guys are working 10, 12 plus hours a day out in the, out in the elements. And then some of them got on that challenge and they're calling me and they're like, dude, I'm still working the same amount of time. It's, you know, January, it's 20 degrees outside and I feel incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on, you know, and I know what they're doing. I know what they're saying. And I'm like, no, no, I want to hear you say it. Break it down for me. Let's fucking get, you know, nitty gritty. And they're like, you know, my back doesn't hurt as bad. I, I don't have headaches halfway through the day. You know, I, my gut doesn't rumble. And, you know, after I eat my sausage biscuit in the morning, you know, and, and all the stupid examples, but these guys and girls are getting fucking healthy. They're not smoking anymore. And they're starting to live a semi enjoyable life because they've got some, they've got some left and right lateral limits. They're like, all right, I know I have to start here and I know I have to, I know I have to end here today. And it starts with not eating food that's shit, waking up early, exercising your brain by reading, you know, and doing all these things. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm literally walking, watching guys that have been unhealthy almost their whole lives turn their shit around and be able to work 10, 12 hours a day like it's fucking nothing because they're eating healthy and they're cleaning their, they're cleaning their act up a little bit. And it's cool to see, yeah. and and um, and I attest, to, you know, I I give I give props to those dudes because the guys in that industry, especially the oil and gas, man, that's a tough fucking day to day. It's it's really difficult. So uh, that's kind of what I, I just want to throw in there for the the fitness in the in the trade industry. So a little bit yeah. of passion. Inc- <laughs> it increases well, it increases the longevity. It makes your life better outside of those. 10 to 12 hours of the suck. Yeah. I absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, doing anything outside and not having some sort of level of fitness. It just kind of, I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. And I understand how, how hard it can be to, to, to have that kind of discipline when you're out on the road. But, these well, jobs you remember, you remember yeah, when yeah. you were when you were 25 you could drink black coffee and chew copenhagen all day and not even need water you know yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> running, running and gunning no need for water because i just don't need it you know facts yeah. no i the these these jobs out there the thing that <clears throat> blows my mind is that no matter what direction our economy, our country, our us as individuals, as groups or whatever, you will always need these jobs. You will always need 
one of the best piece of piece stories of advice I ever got was was from my dad, and he was talking about this guy who was just a fucktard, and he just did not have his shit together, didn't have anything. He had ten thousand. His dad gave him ten thousand dollars and said, "You're done. I'm cutting you off." He was like this rich kid. Anyhow, he went out and bought a shit truck. Like a poop truck, you know, like a pumping, pumping septics. And he had oh, one truck f- okay. for 10 grand, bought it. And this dude was uber successful. I'm not sure if I told you this story before. I don't but think so. Yeah. Anyhow, he, he just went around and was just sucking shit. And he was a, according to my dad, he was a fuck, like an idiot. And he, did, he wasn't even dumping the poo where he was supposed to dump the poo. He was going out into the, to the, the national forest and just letting it fly out there because he had no clue you know (laughs) and obviously a violation in every other kind of way but this guy i mean but the the moral of the story was is like there were always there's always going to be a need for that like you, you you can't empty your septic with your computer nor can you build a house nor can you fix the plumbing you can do it yourself if you hop on youtube and learn how to solder or right. use pex <laughs> sure, sure or dump but, or, or suck it or out with the poo. local vacuum and dump it in your backyard you know yeah why need, why need a septic after that <laughs> exactly but these 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 skills that you develop translate easy they truly do because once once i figured out i mean i i grew up with a background not in building stuff just in manual labor like i yeah. you know i was taught things but i never used them in a repetitive manner in which that i would learn and so i would i worked construction all through when i was a kid don't ask me right. to build you a chicken right. coop cuz you're going to get crap but anyhow the point is is that in order to continue on with your life you're gonna have to solve these problems that come up you know shit's broken if you own a house you're gonna you're gonna have to fix something build something or whatever or you just want something if you have those skills just a basic knowledge on how stuff works and how to build with a little bit of creativity and curiosity you can learn just about anything and you can learn to fix stuff on youtube or by calling those mentors like the guys that you were talking about and you have this base of knowledge that that you might not even touch it ever you know you might not ever work as a welder again but i guarantee you when something breaks you're not having to pay another welder to come in and fix your shit (laughs) right well those those jobs translate over because of common knowledge yeah. All right. Absolutely. And, and common knowledge may not be a a curriculum or a, a specific thing, but common knowledge is figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And that's the common knowledge that you gain from it's kind of like what, you know, back in the day they used to say, Oh, that guy that guy's book smart, but this guy's street smart, you know, like <laughs> like he grew up in Brooklyn or some shit, you know, like yeah. he, he's got street cred, you know. No, that's what trades give you. Yeah. Trade trades give you street the street smart that we're talking about. And it's hilarious, yeah. but if you think if you sit back and like ponder on it, it's like, yeah, no shit. When I got out of the military, I didn't know how to do any of this shit. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Granted, we were, you know, in the grunt side of it, so it's a little bit different. Um, but I, I had to look up how to pay my electric bill because mm-hmm. I'd never paid an electric bill before. 
And when I realized that, I was like, damn, what else do I don't not know how to do? <laughs> you know, and things just things just didn't transfer over. But once I started welding, doing construction, you know, pulling a tape a little bit more often, I was like, oh, all right, I gotta I gotta pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how to do drywall work. And if I buy a house someday, everyone wants to buy a house and flip a house, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to have rental property or or do this, but they don't understand what it goes into owning those things and Mm -hmm. the amount of money that you're going to be upside down when you have to pay someone to do everything needed to be done. So it's like, you don't necessarily have to... um, you don't necessarily have to work in that industry as with a trade. Say you are a little bit more on the white collar side, which is awesome. We need those types of people too. Fuck yeah. You know, those those guys working at banks, those guys working in the tech industry, designing new programs like AutoCAD, the stuff that we're talking about. Those guys are and and girls are are innovators. We gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta have that. So there's gotta be a happy medium. And I lost absolutely. My, I lost my train of thought, but yeah. No, that that happy medium of of you say innovators, but you also need applicators. You need somebody to put those right. things. You, the 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 people that take those prints and accurately reproduce them yeah. into a product. Yeah. And then the feedback to go back up the chain from from the person that built it to the person that designed it and said, hey. This this is awesome. However, here's some input for you. Yeah. This is gonna make this is gonna make this faster. This is gonna make this more efficient. This is gonna reduce costs. Right. All of these things I came to understand when I went to college and I took business courses. And now I have a lot better understanding of what my bosses are looking for when it comes to production. Because I can understand and I have a deeper understanding of this whole time and materials and money and you yep. know how many guys are using it. There's a lot of ins and outs to where if you're just punching the clock, you don't get it. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's that expanding of the knowledge that that allows you to be able to do that. Yeah. And you know, I think that's a I think it's it's so true what you're saying. Like ex- getting that feedback so important, you know, it's kind of kind of like having someone just in the field that's relaying information of what's working and what's not. You got to have that in every situation. You get yeah. doesn't matter what what the industry is and and every I hate the fucking word awareness because it's yeah. so fucking overly used these days like oh, I'm just creating awareness for um for people that are lazy and fat pieces like no, shut up. Let's let's talk about awareness in the in the right way. Let's 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 figure out how we can really create awareness in the trade industry and and people that are working hard because there are people out there that are still looking for jobs that are still hunting for for the the right niche so to speak or, or whatever, however you say that. Um and maybe some some people didn't think that ah they a trade is really what I want to do because I'm just not into that. And yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the attitude that has to change from the bottom Yeah, because I, I definitely, I, I don't think that there's, there's definitely jobs out there where I go, no, that's not for me. 
But it's one thing to say that when you have an established path, but when you don't and you're just floundering, that's when you have to just grab something and go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, because, I mean, as veterans, you're going to have this GI Bill hopefully when you get out with your honorable discharge <laughs> right yeah, yeah and if you and we if both, you get out <laughs> we both skirted the line on that one <laughs> skirted the line yeah i don't know how we made it but we made it and but and if you did not get out with an honorable discharge there's ways to go about getting that fixed with the va so go ahead and find that out you know for yourself yeah. but you're going to have Click this the gi bill below. yeah <laughs> i ain't got no fucking link <laughs> sorry um but anyhow they, you're going to have this GI bill that's going to cover a portion of college or trade school. I mean, there's a billion different trade schools that accepts the GI bill. I think you can even go to a knife making school. No bullshit. Yeah. You could do like gunsmithing and now you can do oh, yeah. like what I did, like Harley Davidson, you know, working yep. on jet skis or whatever you can. Yeah. It's, it's yep. all paid for. So, so, the, so the, <laughs> the world is your oyster and you already have this leg up. And so the way I always looked at the GI bill was like, am I being a good uh, steward of the government's money. Am I going to pick a career and a path that's going to benefit other people and serve? You know, you're always looking for that angle of service. Like how, how can I not necessarily give back directly, but where can I be of the most use where I feel fulfilled? And so these trade schools are shorter. Like they're not, you know, my welding school was nine months. There was no, you know, and yeah, how long was your Harley Harley? It's about school? the same, nine, ten, yeah, maybe it, yeah, maybe ten months. That gives you a, and and if you throw vocational rehab on there, that gives you a lot of time left on your GI Bill to explore different things. And if you have the flexibility, say if you're a single dude, no family, like yourself, you have this amazing flexibility to go out there and and just go discover. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's there's that shock that you talked about when you got out of this anxiety that oh shit I I don't know anything yeah and I felt I felt the same damn thing too yeah yeah but, it's like how does it transfer over to a to a speed reload you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, but when when I finally found a way to kind of grab it by the reins where I found something that I enjoyed doing it was like okay I'm gonna run with this yeah and see where it goes. Yeah. And just just making that choice is really cool with the with the the GI bill because if you don't like it, if you don't like being a construction worker, but you understand just the basics, go be a fucking plumber. Yeah. They make a yeah. shitload of money. <laughs> yeah, they do. And you you know, I when I went to like uh when I went and worked at um I worked for a company called Process Pumps and Equipment and when I worked for them it, it was I needed a job. I knew a guy that worked for him and he's like, I can get you a job as a driver. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't care. Give me a foot in. I'll fucking work my way to whatever position I want. I didn't know anything about welding. No, ended up it worked out because the guy I knew that he actually quit a few, like three months later. And they're like, hey, we need, a, <laughs> we need someone to take his spot. I'm like, <laughs> hand up. I'm like, hey, this guy, you know, so I kind of fell right into it. And then, discovered that I was like, well, I could really make some insane money here. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but it, 
I think what was the, probably the coolest thing for me was when I got out of that industry and completely did a lap move to a different MOS, right? I, I went to, mm -hmm. to work on Harleys because I wanted to do my own thing and said, fuck everything. I'm, I'm, I want to go do something fun, right? Yeah. I went to go work on Harleys and then I'm here in beautiful Florida and I'm like, you know what? I'm not using this GI Bill. Let me go do some night classes. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, I, I like money mm -hmm. and I like a lot of money. Right? So I was like, well, maybe I should learn like accounting. Yeah. Because that's money. Like I, I, I need to learn everything there is to know about taxes and all this stuff. And I decided about a few weeks before school started, I was like, I don't want anything to do with accounting. Right. <laughs> so like, Give me something that I could that I could have a passion for. And so I signed up for some for a, a semester um, with a major of um, architecture. And when I started doing these architecture classes, it was like this light coming through the fucking trees, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is this is the transfer that I was looking for." I've got the I've got seven years of experience in the fabrication field. And now I'm learning how to design things on the computer. Mm -hmm. And if I, and, and I'm I've, I've actually finished the semester and didn't go back. So shitty ending to the story, but it's like, that's the transfer over that we need is we need people that have time on the time on site, time on the job to go in and better educate themselves and be the best damn leaders of these big companies. Yeah. And I think, I think that's important for people to realize that you can do both. You can do the cool work and the cool jobs in the trade industry and you go better educate yourself in college, get a degree, and then you can be the one running the show as a white collar guy making quite a bit more money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't even look at that as the, a bad, bad ending to the story. I don't think that success lies in a straight line. I don't think it ever has for anybody. I mean, maybe it yeah. has, but... Yeah. You know, I don't think that is this 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 linear direction, this bi this binary of like, okay, well, this uh, uh, success or failure. It just right, lies right. down that path. And so, yeah, you don't know whether you're going to pick it up again or not in two years, or if it's just one of those things where you're like, oh shit, I can do this, and and then you lap move to something else. But right, I think part of this issue that we have around the trades starts way young at a kid level because with the this very steep decline in people entering the trades in the workforce for every one person this was coming from a statistic i believe down in louisiana where you were at where i was reading right. was that um for every one person that enters the welding trade five are leaving okay all right so it's this very very steep decline in the amount of workers available and the job opportunities available are way higher. Oh yeah. And yeah. so th I, I think that those numbers would represent, you know, we can lay the, lay the blame anywhere, but I don't think that kids are being taught what they're interested in at a young age. And I think that that gets shoved throughout throughout your your early formative years and when you spend four years in the military it's even more kind of sucked in yeah you might have a job that you like and stuff that you enjoy doing but 
it's really not what blows your skirt up. Right. I mean, we spent, you know, all of our time in the infantry. All right. I didn't know that I liked to weld. I didn't know that I liked to be creative. I didn't know I liked to fabricate. I had no clue about any of that stuff. But looking back throughout my entire life, that's the direction I should have been. Like, that should have been nurtured by the education system. Yeah. And our education system is based around teachers that are just preparing people for college. And I felt that when me and you got out, that was the direction that was being pushed very heavily, unless there, there was like three or four programs. You're talking about the were, college, the college direction. Yeah, was the pushed. college okay. route. Yeah, it was. There was more information when I got out. You know, I'm. You know, again, this was ten years ago, so shit might have changed. But there was a lot of information on just college and how to get there and how to do this and and this is how you sign up for this and here's you know there was right. really clear cut, but what was not pushed very hard was the trades. There was, there was one company. It was like boots to helmets, to hard hats or some oil. Yeah. 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 yeah, I heard, remember them about that. Yeah. Yep. But other than that, it was like crickets. And so it's (laughs) like that to me just kind of blows my mind. It's like, well, if, if I knew those kind of opportunities getting out of where the, the labor shortages was, and I knew, or I had an inkling that, hey, this is how I would want to operate. I don't know. I just think yeah. that we could service our, our vets getting out a little bit better. Yeah, I I, I think we we could probably all agree on that. Um, yeah. Not not even not even talking about the VA. Yeah. Just in separations, seps and taps. I think is mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I remember right, that's what you call it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember. No, of course, there's quite a bit that I don't remember because I was probably sleeping in in half the classes because I didn't care. But, you know, so there's there's another there's another side of it. And I think I guess I'll just I'll just say it. Short time status is a real thing. Oh, yeah. And when you're getting out of the military or let's just transfer it back over to where we're at now, if you're getting out of a job in the civilian side. And you know you're leaving in a week. What the fuck are you doing? You're not doing shit. You're running the clock down. You're taking a knee. You're letting it go nope. to the end of the fourth, and then you're out. So a lot of that. And so yeah, what you're saying about where the the disjust. I don't think that's the right word I'm looking for. The the justice we're doing to our vets about job opportunities with regard to trade. Yeah. We also have to remember that our vets that are getting out are some fucking stone cold, you know, dudes and chicks that don't want to sit in a fucking classroom. Oh, yeah. And they don't want to get a lecture, right? They don't get want to get a lecture from some fuck nut that's never done anything, mm-hmm. right? He works for the career planner and he's telling you about the next college opportunity. And you're thinking, my boots got more sand on them than anything you got what the fuck are you gonna what kind of information so it's a very cocky don't give a shit mentality that i have oh me too and i'm just gonna speak for me but yeah i mean i was half the problem oh in fact i wasn't half the problem i was the problem because i didn't want anything to do with anything that anybody said Mm -hmm. all i knew was i wanted to get out because i had some plans that didn't know what they were (laughs) (laughs) you were gonna do it really good and so (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to do it really good and on my own because I'm better than you and I don't need help. That was my mentality. 
so yeah there's there and there's two sides of it yeah. and and i think we need to you know i i've got a kid brother that's in the army and he t- i he sounds so much like the bitching and complaining that i that i used to get oh he's like dude the bullshit that we do every day and the this that and the other and i'm like brother you gotta listen to me it's part of the game and you gotta be okay with it because you ain't getting out of it yeah you gotta love it and live it and take it on the chin and move for move forward because remember your first four years are the worst because you're the lowest man on the totem pole and that's the same way at any job yeah you start off the new guy and you eventually slowly move up to a position that's worth some weight yeah and you know i uh, i actually had a conversation with a gentleman that was the um god i can't remember his title he it, it, he we were talking about veteran employment and transitional employment um for people that were coming back into the Lehigh Valley after military service and how to best find them jobs that 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 were you know how to best employ them and the guy sat there and was telling telling us basically stating he's all oh, these veterans are so entitled they don't want to come in and take these these jobs and that they you know they're expecting to get you know a higher pay because they're veterans and all of this stuff and and I can understand where he's coming from. It's the two sides of the coin, but where he, where I think he missed the mark is that what needs to happen with some of these companies that are employing veterans when they get out, especially in the trades is to, is to, to give them a way to move up. You know, in the military, there's there's that yeah. there's that rank structure that's been beat into you for at least four years, two years, however long your enlistment is. It's been beat into you. It's like if I do X, I'm going to get Y. Like like mm-hmm. this is how I move up. And so what I was trying to get across to the gentleman was is saying, okay, that's fine. If you you're you're really stressing that they they have to start in the bottom and prove their worth. That's that's basically his whole side of the argument which I agree with to a point. But if you don't give people, especially veterans, a way or kind of provide some sort of an intent or direction and how they can improve their position, they ain't going to stick around. Nobody's going to stick around. I I mean, people do. People stick in jobs that, that, that there doesn't seem to be anywhere to grow. Well, I think veterans need that that room to grow. And they need to they need to give be given that freedom of movement and have that explained to say, hey, you know, if you you know you're stacking lumber at Lowe's, I believe was the 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 company that we were talking about. Um, it, it provide a path. This was my advice: is provide a path for them to move up into a management position. Provide them with some an opportunity to take responsibility of things and expect that out of them and yeah. hold hold them accountable for their actions to a higher standard. Yeah. Because they are yeah. older. They will be, they are, you know, 22, 23 years old when they get out and their peers in that job may be 17 years old. Well, hold them accountable yeah. to that standard. When I went to the welding school, some first sergeant came in, a retired first sergeant out of the army, and he came in and he pulled all of the veterans aside from the rest of the class in the welding school. And he's like, hey, guys. I'm holding you to a higher standard. I know where you came from. I don't give a fuck what branch of service you're in. None of you will be late. Yeah. None of you will miss days or miss hours. And if you do, you'll make them up. Period. Yeah. And yeah. 
that that kind of that kind of leadership needs to be shown. Well, and that that's that's a super cool story. But there's two sides of that. Mm-hmm. You you can't just hold the vets accountable. Mm-hmm. That has to, and I, and I'm not saying that you or he just was, yeah, yeah. but you're holding other people to this this like kind of subpar standards. Like, well, you're not you're you weren't a vet, right? right. So you you're probably gonna be late. Yeah. So it once again, like we said, when we were young, wasn't instilled on us, mm-hmm. right? These young guys are. It's okay. Because those are the vets, or those are the older guys, and it doesn't have to be just vets. Because I know many guys that I work with currently that have never missed a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they weren't vets, but but what I'm saying is, when we hold ourselves to this certain level, everybody else that's not in our little group, mm-hmm. right? Our little Marine, Army, Navy, whatever, Air Force group. They're like, well, it's okay because they have this standard and I'm just little old me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be on time. I can be a few minutes late. I will kill 16 people mm-hmm. trying to get to work on time by running them off the road, right? Yeah. Because I'm just, I just can't be late. But we have to, it's like, it's it's crazy because we just have to instill that same mentality to the younger generation. And we are kind of the younger generation, right? Maybe a little bit in the mid midway point but we have to instill that and you know when i was i don't know if i've told the story on the show before and i won't say his name because he's he's my brother but my brother came and interned at my shop one time uh-huh. uh, and he was like i don't know it's like 18 or 19 he's like hey dude can i can i come work for your company and i was in a, a little bit of a position where i could you know, talk to my boss and say, Hey, look, I, you know, my brother wants to come work the summer. And my boss, my boss is like done. You know, if, if, if he's your brother, if you, if, if it's a recommendation from you done, he's in Yeah, Mike. Great. <laughs> I get my brother the job and he's, uh, and he's like, all right, when do I need to be there? I don't have a car. I'm like, well, make it to my house. When, when your dad leaves work, get a ride, make it to my house. And you'll you'll come to work with me. You'll never be late. Perfect. And uh, and I said, but I leave at six o'clock on the on the dot, or whatever time it was. I think it was six. And I said, don't be a minute late because I will leave without you, right? And so six o one strikes, and he's not there. First day, yeah. day one of job, you know, of the job, and he's not there. Fucking start my truck, and I drive to work. Yeah. He calls me and he's like, dude, I slept in, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, all right, make it to work. And so long story short, I he shows up. Uh, he's a few minutes late. And I said, look, you're not my brother when you're here. Yeah. You're an employee. You work in my department. That means you work under my watchful eye, so to speak. Not that I'm some big thing it, <laughs> there's like three people in the department right yeah and I, I said you will be here on time and if not you get wrote up mm-hmm. you get a you get a written warning you get a verbal warning blah 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 and i said on strike three you're done and he, i swear he wasn't a second late for the whole summer yeah and it's not because i instilled anything but i enforced these rules mm-hmm. This is 
especially if you're family, <laughs> you better be on time. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's kind of what we have to start pushing as the next generation that, no, we're not going to fucking be this subpar generation. Mm-hmm. We have to instill in whether it's military or non-military, this new thing that we work hard, we fucking go get it. We're we're there on time. Mm-hmm. We don't do shit work. We're honest employees. We work with integrity, all the above. Mm-hmm. And we have to instill that in the people that aren't the vets too. Yeah. Because it's it's a it's a community of people in the United States and the world. And I think if, you know, it as long as we're talking about it, um, and the 40 people that listen to us, <laughs> maybe y'all can help spread the wealth and, uh, and, and help us with that situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, it's been great. I've missed you. I missed the podcast and uh, everybody else get out there and get to work. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram. Yes. Seabag podcast. We do have an email account, the Seabag Podcast at gmail.com, I think it is. I think we've only got a few few emails, so I don't check it that often. But um Yeah. Y'all hit us up. If y'all dig what we're doing, fucking drop us a like or whatever. We don't really check it. In fact, I don't think I even have Instagram, so there could be some messages that we haven't seen because we'll get on it. We don't check it. <laughs> Busy fucking working. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're busy working. Yeah, but if if y'all have uh, any kind of crap that y'all want us to talk about, or if y'all want us to shut up, you can say that too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, hit us up. 